When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Score North knows it's been a long winter. Time to dream about the warm weather ahead at the 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center, February 24th through the 26th. For a very limited time, you can get tickets for half price. Visit scorenorth.com right now and use the keyword golfer to save 50% on admission. Your admission ticket also gets you 14 rounds of free golf. Visit scorenorth.com keyword golfer to get this limited deal. See you at the show. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You need dirty work, guys, on your team. And by that, I mean guys who are taking on double teams or somebody else makes a tackle or um, spilling a place or somebody else makes a tackle or batting a ball down or, um, you know, offensively, it's a receiver who blocks or tight ends who block and those dirty work guys who don't get as much, um, you know, media love as some of the other players. That, of course, is new Vikings defensive coordinator Brian Flores. This is Purple Access, part of the Purple Daily family, Judd. Declan Goff is doing the executive producing as he does for almost every show on Score North. And Chip Scoggins, my former partner in crime on the Vikings beat, Star Tribune sports columnist, current day, joins us as always. All right, Chipper, I heard your questions um, with the, the introductory press conference. Brian Flores taking over for Ed Donatel. Just first off, what were your impressions and how did you come away from a guy who said a lot of things that sounded positive? But I will caution, Ed Donatel said a lot of things that sounded positive as well. So I guess I am a little bit more wait and see. Where do you land? Yeah, I mean, I wrote this today that I'm sure fans were giddy with what they heard. You know, he's an aggressive guy and um, all the blitzes and versatility and all these things. And, and, And his track record backs those up. Like that's, I mean, you look at the the data. That's how his defense is played. Uh, he blitzes a lot. He plays a lot of man press. Um, but that got to the question that I asked uh, Kevin O'Connell was, how much uh, in the time that he's been here a week have they really gone through and sat down and had an honest appraisal of the personnel to see, you know, what works, what doesn't, who who can play what I want, who can't? Because I think. And this is that we talked about a little bit last week, but this is the tricky thing is I don't know how long Brian Flores is going to be. Um, he was, I guess you'd call him a finalist for the Arizona head coaching job. He's going to get head coaching opportunities interviews next year. Um, I'm going to guess that he's going to be a head coach here fairly shortly again, but I still would give him a lot of voice in the personnel um, decisions and free agency and draft because you know, for now he's your defense coordinator and he knows what, what works and what doesn't. And he's been a head coach. And so uh, my biggest takeaway from yesterday was two things. One, Flores talking about, you know, kind of his personality and how that reflects in his defense and being aggressive, but probably even more than that, Judd was, it was clear 
Kevin O'Connell did some soul searching after the season to figure out how his defense got away from what he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that came through in a number of answers. Um, it seemed like he always kept coming back to that, that uh, he was a first-year head coach with a lot on his mind and trying to do a lot of things. Um, and it wasn't really until – I'm sure there was stuff going on behind the scenes, but it wasn't until after that loss was at Detroit yeah. when he became forceful, like uh, out of the blue forceful, out of, you know, a side that we hadn't seen him publicly with the media in, in saying what he wants from his defense. And I don't know if, if the winning kind of masked things or if he just reached the breaking point with seeing what he was seeing. But it's clear he did a lot of self-reflection um, since the season ends, ended. I think the Detroit game was a breaking point because of this. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the first touchdown and the, the Lions, Jared Goff had two deep shots that both went for touchdowns. And the whole point of what Donatel sold was that ain't happening to us. We're we're actually going to be less aggressive, to be more aggressive on the back end to stop big plays. And then what? The first, um, I, I think Detroit's first or second offensive series, they hit a big play. So I think that's one thing. The other thing that we have to recall is, although I think Flores clearly talked more about being aggressive than Donatel did, if you recall, Chipper, Donatel talked about being multiple just like Flores did, you know, We're a 3-4 base, but we're not really a 3-4. We're going to play a bunch of 4-3. And he also talked Mm -hmm. about the, I like guys that can basically play multiple positions. That's why we used to talk about Lewisine, who could have played but didn't before he got hurt. He got hurt on special teams. You know, Lewisine's going to be a hybrid linebacker, right? That's what I thought. So, you know, I I, I mean, O'Connell's got to take some of the blame here. But he also sort of got sold a bill of goods. And, and that's where Flores has to deliver now with backing up everything he said. I think he will, but that's, where, but that's where I'm a little bit more cautious now this go-around than I was the last one. Yeah, and it, I mean, you have to have the personnel to be able to pull it off, you know. But um, I just think he, with his track record, this is how he coaches. I mean, uh, you know, someone asked him yesterday about doing a lot of zero zero blitz, you know. And that's kind of what he's known for. And he's like, I like to disrupt. I like to give him, confuse him. So I think he is going to do a lot more than Ed did. I'm curious on, and I'd have to go back and read the clips and see who else, if it was reported, who else that uh, O'Connell interviewed and why he settled. I mean, I know why he went with Donatel because he was a Vic Banjo tree. And I don't know if that right. was just a, was it an easy hire, a convenient hire? He didn't spend enough time really thinking about it. Or did he get sell, sold a bill of goods that, he thought it was going to be one thing, and then because um, he he I mean he talked about it. I think in the in the uh, to the answer to the question I asked about how you know it was a year ago yesterday when he had his introductory press conference and he said he talked about being aggressive and having this aggressive you know mentality. He said that was a football philosophy, not an offensive philosophy, and that that quote really jumped out to me as to say somewhere along the line there was a disconnect between. Donatel and him in, in terms of how the philosophy of how he wanted to play. And right. Maybe he was not forceful enough as a, as a rookie head coach to, you know, put his foot down and say, this is what I want. Or I think he feels like it, cause he talked about, he's evaluating how his whole approach. And I think he just, it got away from him, Judd. And maybe he just wasn't forceful enough in, in saying, this is what I want. You know, you gave him too much leeway. Well, that's a great point because that was actually twofold as well. One, it was Donatel. Yes, he didn't he didn't 
he didn't deliver, and in his mind, I think he didn't for a reason, and that's the second point that's co- that's coming up. How much of this roster is KOC going to turn over? Because they made mistakes in bringing guys back. Like, yeah. like that's the thing is you can't tell me I, I want to be fast and aggressive and then have those two linebackers. You signed Jordan Hicks, you know? Yeah. So, like, that's the other part of this is it's going to have to get personal. He's going to have to make moves that upset people. Um, I don't think he likes doing that, but if you don't, this is where you're left in this netherworld. But, but Judd, would would KOC and Quasi have done that if they if they were allowed to, or did this come from the the ownership that hey, we're going to be super competitive and we, this roster can win? It was the coaching. We need to get more out of it. I, if, if 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 there was no directive or anything from ownership, do you think they would have blown it up, or was there just not enough time to do that in the short span? I mean, they got hired and then. I don't know. You just come in that first year and say, you know what, we're blowing right. the sucker up. I think right. it takes a year to kind of see what you have in the salary cap with what guys can do. Well, really the coaching. I, I think one of the reasons why Ryan Poles didn't get the job here or take it was because he wanted to do exactly that. But, you know, I, I mean, the problem was not to defend Ed because he didn't do a good job. But part of the problem was when those are your two linebackers and you're playing that scheme, it's not workable. So and yeah. I, I did get a note from a guy on Twitter that I found and I didn't pick I didn't pick up on this as well as this person did. It was very intriguing though, and he's I think he's exactly right. Throughout the course of that entire press conference, I don't think Brian Flores ever mentioned a name. Like he didn't say, I'm excited about Daniel Hunter, I'm excited about Harrison no. Smith. He said every you know, there's a lot of guys here, very, very like just vague, right? But I thought that was an intriguing like that—that's probably yeah. a, stra- a strategy that might have started with O'Connell and Quazy of let's not let's not guarantee anybody anything here. Well, because if you go back and remember, I I know at O'Connell's and I think Quazy's too. They mentioned guys by name: the Harrison Smiths, the these guys. Oh, yeah, chapter um, verse. So as like when they did it, because we were thinking, okay, they're gonna you know they're gonna turn this roster over last year. When they did that, you're like. Are they just being nice, or are they giving us a clue on you know yep. um, on the way they're going? And obviously, it was a clue on the way they're going. Um, it could be purposeful. It, it could have been, hey, don't don't marry yourself to anybody in this press conference, um, because you know we we have some tough decisions here coming that how we're going to reshape this roster, and um, they're not going to say that in the introductory press conference. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> we got to blow the sky high. Yeah, just wait till you see what we do here. Um, so I, I'm curious to see. It's twofold. You know, one, souring contracts, but two, I'm sure he uh, he looks at this and is like, nope, not going to fit. Just doesn't fit what I want. Um, and, it, and this is not going to be, and that's, this is the, the fascinating thing to me because you cannot fix a defense with this many problems in one offseason. They don't have enough picks, enough money to sign. You know, you just can't. But I, I just, again, I go back to how long is is Flores going to be here? I mean, he, you know, he kept anytime he got asked sort of about that, he said, "My feet are where they're at." You know, or, or I'm at where my feet are. Yeah. Um, it was his way of, you know, basically saying I'm not answering the question. Um, and so, you know, this could be an abrupt end again. And you're, but I still think you have to. Regardless of who the coordinator is, the uh, expectation that this defense needs to get younger and faster, that doesn't change. I mean, it could be any coordinator. That that has to change. Yes. Yeah. And 
that's the thing. About, so to me, this whole thing is twofold. One is your scheme sort of just sucked. Didn't work out. So, so, so like, like Brian Flores needs to come in and establish whether it's for a year, two years or three years, he needs to establish his scheme. Okay. But you just hit on the other important thing, which has nothing to do with the scheme. And that is the personnel itself. Um, And this wasn't, you know, this was an aging out defense. There were too many guys, you know, Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, um, Pat Peterson. Yeah, exactly. Pat, I think you put Harrison. Harry's not I mean, young, and and then like Zadarius. You know, I mean, Thomas. Yeah. I mean, Zadarius was a great pickup until he got hurt in Buffalo, and then he basically had one sack. So yeah, there's just like to me, it's two separate things. And and look, if Brian Flores can identify defensive talent, I don't care if he's in you know with Team X next season, right? You're going yeah. to listen to what he says. So like this yeah. is, and I, I I don't expect him to fix the whole thing. But I do expect that, you know, it's not like you need these household name star players to improve on how bad this defense was in 2022. No, yeah, and it's, it's. I mean, I mean, O'Connell, he, he knows that, that you know, that side of the ball needs to get turned over and get younger and faster. Uh, I mean, that's not, he doesn't need a, you know, a well-respected defense coordinator to tell him that. I mean, that had to be obvious just watching it. Um, and so that's, that's the charge for him and, and Quasey, but, it, but I do like, um, I, I trust Brian Flores' evaluation. I mean, I think he's right. a really good coordinator and, and really good coach. And I mean, you like the fact that he was all those years with Bill Belichick, you know, and he was with Mike Tomlin. I mean, some, you know, some all the fame coaches here. So Mikey T baby. Uh, yeah. Mike. I love I, yeah. Mikey T. That's what, uh, Kevin O'Connell called him, and yep. I'd like to recall him B-Flow. I mean, that, B-Flow but it, it, and Mikey T. B-Flow. But that does speak to – it goes back to the original thing that I don't know that he ever really – him and Don until ever meshed on what no, I, they wanted. I mean, it was a, it was just a, a poor fit. I mean, I'm sure Don Tell's a nice guy, and I'm sure they got along, but it, just, it was a bad fit, like, philosophy-wise, you know, just in terms of how they saw that defense should play. And so, um, but it, it'll be, I'm curious to see how they attack fixing this defense. Uh, either you start with free agency and, and think that's where you're going to do it, or, you know, you, you're drafting a cornerback. The first pick I saw was it McShay had him taking a wide receiver. Yeah, I actually don't. I actually like that if you address corner in free agency. In free agent, that's the thing. If you do that, that means you went out and spent money on a cornerback in free agency, which I think um, they need need to do. I like. Yeah, that. and and what do you think of Tomlinson? Yeah, uh, I don't mind him. I don't think he's great, and I'm curious what the um, what the request on a contract is going to be. I'm not yeah, going to break. Money? I'm not going to break the bank to keep him. No, I you just know, think it's not like Pat was in, in Pat's prime. Yeah, Judd, Judd, we we focus so much on the secondary and rightfully so because they have so many questions. But man, I think they really need to bolster that that line. I mean, just watching this in the in the playoffs, to me, that's where you have to start. I mean, I, well, I take that back. I think you need to start by getting a veteran corner, but I think you really have to put a heavy emphasis on that on that line. What, what's your thought on the fact that that I think Daniel Hunter is going to almost certainly want a new contract before training camp starts? I would, I would do it. I would do it and, and think that um, under the thing that he was 
not used properly last year or just not comfortable with whatever they're asking to do. Mm-hmm. He still should be in his prime, and he's still explosive when, when you see. I, I think second half of the year he was good. Um, and I would, I, you know, whatever the – the Vikings have some leverage too because it's not like he continued on that historic pace he was on, so he's lost some of his leverage too. Um, Zedarius, I, I, I think that one's – I could see them moving on from there. But you have to be able to replace them, and that means, you know, either draft or free agency, and that's expensive uh, yep. if it's free agency. So, um, well, does, does Patrick Jones like that? Like he's a guy who looks the part, and there have been times where I've been impressed, but it feels like there hasn't really that that he hasn't gotten as as much of a shot, and he, he's not young now. He's what three years in. No. Well, like, and that's, that's where you. That's, I'm curious about. That's one where you. I mean, to me, that's where you go to Brian Flores and say, "What do you think?" Right. Like, what, what's the ceiling? What can you get? I mean, what can you turn him into? And that's where you trust his his judgment. And, and you know, to me, that's that's he's a prime example of a guy that um, you you look at Flores and trust his expertise and and let him tell you like what he thinks he can get out of a player like that because that that takes you know if he says you know what. He's being misused. He, we got to get him doing this. We got to get him doing that. And you can get him on his contract. And then, you know, that, that fixes one area. So what current guys uh, defensively, from what you heard from B-Flow, what current guys do you think benefit the most? I think Asamoa. Um, Agreed. I would think seeing if healthy. Because, I mean, the fact that he says – when he uses that word versatility, to me that means a guy who's athletic and can run and can do different things, right? And so I think those two jump out to me um, most. Um, it's you know, it's it's I, I think those two guys because of the the physical makeup they have and it's um, they probably fit with the aggressiveness with what he wants to do. And that's where you, you look at like some of the veterans. It's like they're just kind of pigeonholed into their roles and, you know, on the backside, you know, back nine of the career. So, um, but I, I would say those two come to mind. And and you hope seeing is healthy and, you know. It looks good. And, yeah, I mean, the, work the videos. Good. Yeah, the videos. So, um, but those two, I would say. Get ready for one incredible night of rock with Static X. Machine Killer North American Tour, Saturday, May 18th, Myth Live, with special guests, Dope, and Lines of Loyalty. Tickets on sale now at MythLive.com or eTix.com. Don't miss Static X and Seven Dust. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. So as far as the draft goes, too, here's my new thought thought uh, process or my latest thought process, Chip Scoggins. 
the more I think about this, I think I would aggressively try and make my one splash free agent signing at cornerback. And I think drafting a receiver, especially if they start to fall, because it's a pretty good class. I think drafting a receiver, because you, the more I look at that, I just don't think that you have a, a second option to Jefferson. If, and this is a big if, Thielen comes back, he's a three or a four. Osborne, I I think if Osborne was considered a true two, we would have seen that emerge and we didn't. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. But I I just think as far as the running mate for Justin Jefferson, that person is not, not here. And I would almost prefer to see that guy drafted on a rookie contract by a coach who knows exactly what type of young talent he's trying to find and then give Flores a a free agent corner who might not break the bank but gets a pretty damn good payday coming yeah. out of his first contract. Yeah, I would I would I would target well, I most I would target the uh, corner in free agency and spend money there and get a guy that is your number one. Right? And then you have these these this young group Shelly, Evans um you know that group Dantzler maybe? I like I, I don't know about him now. Booth I don't know about Dantzler, but I'd say Booth, yep, Booth. Uh, Evans, Shelley, that group, because yep. there's question marks there. But, Judd, I, I start with the line, man. I start with the offensive line. I start with the defense line, and I would go heavy there. I just think it has to be built that way. I mean, you look at Eagles, Niners, the way the Chiefs' offensive line played in that in that uh, Super Bowl, not on the sack. I would I would bolster there. I would try to win through the line. Interesting. Would would you potentially consider um, uh, trading back a little bit in the first round to accrue more picks and trying to get John Michael Schmitz? I I say yes because they need picks, but it drove it it absolutely drove me crazy when Spillman would do that and you pass up a good player I, to not, get more picks. Um, yeah. If I'm in love with an offensive guard or a center or a defensive tackle, that's just a wrecking ball in there. I'm not. I'm. I'm taking him. I'm not trading back to try to get more picks. Now, if there's three guys that you're happy with and you think they're both going to be okay, uh, they'll be there. But I just. I mean, I think they have to focus on their interior line offensively. I mean, they they just do, Judd, and and I I think defense too. So that's where I'd start. I mean, yes, you'd love to have a, a you know a really fast number two opposite um, JJ. But can't you get that guy in the fourth round? Can't you get that guy in the fifth round? Or I mean, theoretically, yes. Now and now, I think it's becoming. I think because of the because I I used to think exactly like what you just said, except for the fact that receivers are now becoming such a premium position that I'm not sure, unless it's a complete fluke, that the Stefan Diggs is fall now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're not getting know. a Jefferson. You're not getting a Jefferson. But no. but I just, I just think I think you can. Do, I think you can find and develop that. Mm-hmm. The odds of getting that are better than just a you know a dominating offensive line guy. I mean that John Michael Schmidt, the way he's his offseason. I mean we've seen him for four years and and what he's doing at the way he did at the Senior Bowl. And I'm sure he's going to wow him at the combine. You know if he's your guy, I, I just think you have to solidify that line. You have to improve it, and that's the way you're going to um, elevate this team. So to get into specifics of that, are you saying? Center, right guard, and defensively three technique. Yeah, in a, you know, yeah, center, right guard, um, 
I mean, it, even left. I mean, I know Cleveland is. Uh, he graded out right really well at PFF as a run blocker, not so much as pass blocker. I mean, but uh, the interior of that line. And then, you know, three technique or just that defensive tackle that wreaks hell on the offense. Kevin Williams. Yes. And we've seen those guys. Um, I mean, you saw him with the Giants in that game. Yeah. Uh, That guy. Try to go find that guy who just absolutely – demolishes the interior of the line and makes it cave. That's what I would try to find. Um, I know it's easier said than done, but I, I just think oh. I would start. My my whole focus has shifted me. I was like, ah, you know, wide receiver. But just watching these playoffs and just seeing how when and knowing it's like, it's really cemented. I mean, man, you got to win in the trenches. I mean, you just have to. And that's where I'd put my emphasis right now. That That's the, you know, when, Childress got the job here. That's the one thing that from uh, an administrative personnel standpoint, he got right. You know, they went, yeah, he, got that line he, had. Yeah. He, he wanted two lines that could kick ass and he got yeah. those. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, to your point, San Francisco kicks your butt. Like if nothing else, it might not be star, star players. Yeah, but they kick your butt. And so yeah. I don't disagree with you. I, I mean, just don't. If they have the best offense line in that defense, it starts with their line and had the most sacks in the league. I guess my question is this too, because I I do agree that um, Spielman trading back or what Quazy did last year in the first round can drive me nuts. I just don't know how you're going to accrue more draft picks without well, tra- trading back and four draft picks. Like I'm not for 15. Don't get me wrong. Rick yeah. overdid it. Uh, I just don't know that that anybody would be comfortable with four unless you were coming off like a Super Bowl winning season. Well, that's it. I mean, they're going to get a couple of compensatory picks, but even so, like... I think it's one now. Yeah, if you have... One for Conklin. For Conklin, yeah. If you have eight picks and you're trading back, I'm like, really? Come on. But at four, I, that's what I'm saying. I understand you probably have to this year because you just need more You need, you need more guys. Um, you need more draft picks. And so I, I'll understand if they do it this year, but it's just... In general, it just drove me crazy when, you know, you're trading back to a lesser spot to get guys who may or may not even make your roster. And was there um, any interesting post press conference scuttlebutt once it got done yesterday? No, it, it ended any in side um, sessions. No, no side sessions other than uh, Flores walked around and and uh, introduced himself to every media member there. You know, spent a few minutes just kind of. Uh, saying hello and all that. I mean, he seems like a very serious, obviously serious guy. Right. Um, kind of the opposite personality of of, of O'Connell. Not, not opposite, but just different, you know. But, I mean, cordial. Uh, it was nice to kind of just introduce yourself and say, hey, welcome to town. Um, but there was no side session uh, interviews, but uh, just him, you know, introduce himself to everybody that was in the room there. Last thing, Chipper, when do you expect – that we are going to hear the first rumblings about um, Justin Jefferson's ask on a contract, which I think is going to be off the charts. And by the way, it should be. And, yeah. Kirk, and you know, the Kirk Cousins contract extension, it might not, it might not be a reality, but it's got to be broached at some point too. the combine you think, or is it going to, that's what I, I was going to say. The combine is what next week or two weeks down. That's where those things typically float out. You know, agents are there around all the, the writers. So I, I'm guessing that's going to be the first one of here's what he's looking for. You know, yep. <laughs> here's what they're, here's what they're up against. And I, and I, and I'm guessing uh, that'll probably 
wouldn't you assume that'll be the first real substantive talks between uh, Quasi and his his agents? Yes, it won't be a champagne problem once they really start talking. <laughs> no, It'll be a front burner. Oh my God, who has the money? Are, are the Wilfs this rich? Conversation. <laughs> that's right. And yeah, it should be. He's that good. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, that's why I asked him about it. You know, what's the challenges when we had the year in? He's like, it's a champagne problem. I'm not sure it's always going to be a champagne yeah. problem because you're going to want to drink champagne to forget <laughs> how much money you're about to give the kid. That's how it'll be a champagne problem. But it'll Taylor get done Smith. because there's not there's not an or else. I mean, it'll get done. I mean, yes. it has to. Yes, yes. I think it might get a little bit contentious because it's just going Good. to be so big, and things yeah. do ordinarily get contentious. Um, what's your best guess on Kirk then? I think they do a mini extension, uh, another year. I'm with you to to uh, you know help out. Uh, but my guess is it'll be a one more year. I don't think they want to have him in lame duck year um, unless you have your quarterback that you draft and it's like, okay, you're going to sit, you know, you're going to have a red shirt year. Yeah. I think that's how it's going to unfold versus ride this thing out. All right, man. Great stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Chip Scoggins. Appreciate All right, brother. It. We'll see you, man. All right. You take care. Bye.